Evening's prayer starts on page 21. But worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Dearly beloved brethren, the scriptures move with us in sundry paces to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, that we should not dissemble and cloak them before the face of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, but confess them with a humble, lowly, penitent, and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought, yet ought we chiefly so to do when we assemble and meet together, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary, as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany with a pure heart, and humble voice unto the throne of heavenly grace, saying, Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed the vices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults, Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of his holy name. Amen. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins, and serve thee with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 50 is, begins on page 401. The Lord, even the Most High God, hath spoken and called the world from the rising up of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion hath God appeared in perfect beauty. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. There shall go before him a consuming fire, and a mighty tempest shall be stirred up round about him. He shall call the heavens from above, and the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me those that have made a covenant with me with sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. I myself will testify against thee, O Israel, for I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee because of thy sacrifices. 
As for thy burnt offerings, they are always before me. I will take no bullock out of thine house, nor he-goats out of thy folds. For all the beasts of the forest are mine, and so are the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls upon the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are in my sight. If I be hungry, thee, for the whole world is mine, and all that is therein. Thinkest thou that I will eat bull's flesh, and drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most Highest. And call upon me in the time of trouble, so will I hear thee, and thou shalt praise me. But unto the ungodly saith God, Why doest thou preach my laws, and takest my commandment in thy mouth, covenant in thy mouth? Whereas thou hatest to be reformed, and hast cast my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, thou contentest unto him, and hast been a partaker with the adulterers. Thou hast let thy mouth speak wickedness, and with thy tongue thou hast set forth deceit. Thou saddest and spakest against thy brother, yea, thou hast slandered thy own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I held my tongue. And thou thoughtest wickedly that I am even such as one as thyself, but I will reprove thee and set before thee things that thou hast done. O consider this, ye that forget God, lest I pluck you away, and there be none to deliver you. Whoso offereth me thanks and praise, he honoreth me, and to him that ordereth his way aright will I show the salvation of God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the ninth verse of the sixth chapter of the book of Micah. The Lord's voice cries to the city, Wisdom shall see your name. Hear the rod, who has appointed it? Are there yet the treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked, and the short measure that is an abomination? Shall I count pure those with the wicked scales, and with the bag of deceitful weights? For her violence, her inhabitants have spoken lies, and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. Therefore I will also make you sick by striking you, by making you desolate because of your sins. You shall eat but not be satisfied. Hunger shall be in your midst. You may carry some away, but shall not save them. And what you do rescue I will give over to the sword. You shall sow, but not reap. You shall tread the olives, but not anoint yourselves with oil, and make sweet wine, but not drink wine. For the statutes of Omri are kept, and all the works of Ahab's house are done, and you walk in their counsels, that I may make you a desolation, and your inhabitants a hissing. Therefore you shall bear the reproach of my people. Here ends the first lesson. Page 26. My soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the seventh chapter of the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, You shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Therefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not, but sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. Here ends the second lesson. Luke Dominus on page 28. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Let thy merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of thy humble servants, 
and that they may obtain their petitions, make them to ask such things as shall please thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and that also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Our lesson in our collect and um, the, the theme this week seems to be tracking with the idea of true worship versus um, worship of words and and, uh, and empty actions. So we're talking about worship of the heart. So today I want to focus on Psalm, Psalm 50, but maybe I challenge you when we're done to read Micah and Romans again and see how Psalm 50 relates to that and uh, how, how it fits with them and maybe how it fits with your own life. So when we look at Psalm 50, we see some things that are a little different than some of the other Psalms. God himself is quoted throughout the Psalm. It's as if God is speaking or he is speaking. It's as if he is speaking because he's speaking. And the, and the major burden of the Psalm is to um, point out the nature of true worship. And so the Lord God, the Supreme Judge, levels two felony charges against his professing people. And so in 50, the first verse, we read the mighty one, God the Lord. And so we have that this divine judge is introduced with three significant Old Testament names. So the first two are short and longer forms of the most common word for God, mighty one and God the Lord. And then uh, also we see uh, the name of God, Yahweh. So um, we also see a, 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 a phrase from the rising of the sun to its going down, which is an Old Testament common way to say from east to west. So then we get into uh, verses 4 and 5, and God calls to the heavens, the earth, and his people, his saints, and he summons heavens and the earth as uh, personified witnesses for the um, charges that he's going to make. And he says, gather my saints together, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And so this covenant they made, what he's, what he's saying is that he has offered the covenant and the people uh, accepted it through sacrifice. So now he's going to charge them with, with uh, not using that correctly. And so the main charge starts in verse 8. It's, uh, I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices because those are good. But what he's rebuking them for is their attitude in the sacrificing. Like that's all they have to do and there is no change of heart. And there's no... Um, it's religion, not, um, I guess as I've heard before, it's not relation with God. It's just religion and things they're doing. And so he says, I will not take a bull from your house. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't honor the sacrifices. He just um, does not want a mere, a mere ritual. We don't do this for ritual. And, and rituals without heart become an abomination to him. And then he mentions that he's not not hungry if you know i don't need i don't need you i need nothing because i created everything and that delineates him it makes him different from the pagan deities who uh, had to have offerings made um and you know some of them absolutely nasty offerings like children and and uh, you know things that weren't weren't good so um in fifth in the 14th verse we hear we read offer to god thanksgiving 
And this is a key thing because this is the sacrifice that ple that pleases God is to, to humble ourselves and um, and fall on our face before him. And uh, that's one of the reasons I read the exhortation instead of saying, uh, let us confess our humble sins, our, our sins, humbly confess our sins to Almighty God at the beginning of our service, because the exhortation right under it, every once in a while, I think it's a good idea to read that and remember what it is and why we're doing this. We fall on our face before God, and we, we know who God is, and we know who we are in, in relation to Him. So the first charge that God made against them about their their um, their their ritual versus their belief is is uh, kind of tracks with the Ten Commandments. The first four of the commandments: uh, I am the Lord thy God; thou shalt have none other before me; thou shalt not make unto me any graven images; not take my name in vain; and remember to keep holy the Sabbath day. Those first four are what we would call a vertical relationship. That's our relationship with God. And then the last six are a horizontal relationship. That's our relationship to man. And as we read through, we find out that the people were not treating God correctly, and they also weren't treating their brothers and sisters correctly. And um, we see that also in Micah. When you read through that, and you'll see how uh, the weights were, um, you know, they used fake weights. The rich were taking advantage of everyone. And kind of goes against the, the beginning of the Shema, which we read in Deuteronomy 6.4, which reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And as we say in the summary of the law each week, and, and love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So we see the two, the vertical and the horizontal relationship that we speak of in communion each week. And so God says, I've kept silent, but don't let that, don't let, don't think that because I've kept silent that, um, that you, there won't be a judgment, there will be a reckoning. And so we see that. We saw um, in this morning in, in morning prayer, we saw that Saul's judgment came. Uh, we know that the Jerusalem is destroyed by the Romans, the judgment comes. And uh, then this is really the, in verse 22, it's a really awesome verse because what we see there is before the destruction, uh, mercifully, we get an opportunity to um, to think about it and repent. And 22, now consider this. And so God invites us back into relation uh, with him. And in 23, it clarifies the, the remedy for the ritualism and the, and the rebellion. We have to replace it with repentance, which leads to right worship. And so in Micah, we see judgments for sins. And in Romans, we see Paul demonstrating the doctrine of justification and getting back into relationship with God. So we're sanctified, sanctify, and sanctify means to set apart. We're set apart as God's people, and we're set apart from the world. So uh, I was struck this morning as we did morning prayer when um, in Luke when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they came before him. He's offering them the, the rich the fruit of rich uh, ripe plum and they're off and then what they're taking is a plum i mean a prune and he's offering them clusters of ripe grapes and they're they're eating raisins so um our response our message is to remember that uh to repent uh, and to um be humble before our god and that's that's our protection against the the prunes and the raisins i'd like to continue with the um intercession on page 590 and accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, 
and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities, for his sake when about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to end with a prayer for the spirit of prayer, and it's one we use usually at the start of a service, but because we're talking about right worship, I'd like to end with that one tonight. Almighty God, who pour us out on all who desire it, the spirit of grace and supplication, Deliver us when we draw nigh to thee from coldness of heart and wanderings of mind, that with steadfast thoughts and kindled affections we may worship thee in spirit and in truth, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining me. Oh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Now thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Barb and Aaliyah. It's really good to be with all of you. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you, yeah, Deacon Bob. Thank you. Have a good, good night, everyone. Have a good Friday. Oh, Thursday. No, it's not. It's Thursday. <laughs> Where am I? You can have a good Friday. <laughs>